Good morning. Well, you know it's Advent because I've got my fancy clothes on, right? We'll see how long I last in this. I didn't prepare with the, the undergarments. I've got a long sleeve dress on, so I'm hot. But welcome to 7th Street Christian Church. Welcome visitors and friends. If you are joining us for the first or second time, we are glad that you are here. Um, just a couple of words about our Advent time together here at 7th Street Christian Church. This year, our worship committee has created uh, Advent from the underside. And so we are setting the stage this season that while we acknowledge and celebrate hope, joy, peace, and love, and all of those wonderful positive emotions during Christmas, that we also want to take time to acknowledge that sometimes we feel other things like sadness and grief and loss and fear and anxiety. And so each week, um, besides highlighting um, our traditional theme like hope, we will also acknowledge um, sort of the antithesis to that. And this week, it is fear. Um, so more about that later. Um, we give thanks to the worship committee who designed what I call our visual pyramids. And uh, I'll share more about that um, during the confession and pardon. So a couple of other announcements. Um, our giving tree, uh, for those of you who may are, are new, this may be your first complete advent with us. We have a tree in the narthex that is deemed our giving tree, and that is where we usually have tags where we take people's like uh, like families sign up, and we can do gift buying and stuff. We have not received those names yet. Um, Liz is working on it. She's she's like they're supposed to be here. Uh, so what I'm hoping, what we're hoping is that those that come tomorrow and on top of that, we've got pictures. You know, we're doing a new picture directory this week. And so um, when you come up here, if you're signed up for a picture in our picture directory, take note if those names are on the tree and this is a time that you could take one of those tags. So just want to be present. They should be up again on next Sunday, so if you're not part of the picture directory or whatever, you know, you can, you can pick a tag up next week. But those gifts have to be returned by December 15th, so we realize that we're on crunch time. Um, but that's the giving tree. Also, there's Advent devotionals right in the back um, under our Advent picture that we have. And so those are for families, they're for individuals, and you are invited to take an entire folder uh, with you, and you have um, some, some devotions uh, for, the, for all of Advent. So you're invited to do that. Also signing up for the Christmas party potluck. Um, that is also on Sunday, December 15th. It's at 530. Uh, it's really a party. It is just a gathering of friends of our church family. We invite the community, whoever wants to come, but it's a potluck. Santa Claus and I hear Mrs. Claus are going to make an appearance. It is a time of, of just singing songs and having fun and doing some art, uh, uh, art projects, whatever Jamie Babzak has in store. She always has great things in store. So everyone is invited to that. You can sign up. We're going to keep it easy. Oftentimes we do like 
lots of like turkeys and stuff, but just whatever you can bring, we're no stress, all right? This is a no stress Advent Christmas season, okay? So, um, that's right, it's just not worth it. It's, it takes, yeah, not worth it, so. Uh, if, two other things, last things. If you are getting your picture taken for the directory and you're thinking, what time did I sign up for that picture again? Um, our own Just Kelly has that, so not you can, and it's also not too late to sign up, so um, I think almost everyone in here has, though, except for the Shaners. We'll grab you <laughs> if we can do that. It's hard. We'll work something else out. <laughs> Y'all have to come a long way. So, and then it's also a wandering, uh, it's a wandering Sunday, um, and while Pastor Jamie is at Disney World, um, hope she's having fun. We give thanks for Meredith for leading wandering through worship. But I invite the kids and anyone young at heart to come forward if they wish. And uh, as we stand and sing our gathering song, it's, uh, it's called Emmanuel, Emmanuel. And I'm, what page is that on, kids? 134. So I invite y'all to stand and sing. We have some instruments Jensen's going to pass out. Yeah. Uh oh. Where are the eggs? <laughs> Do we need to order more eggs? Please continue to stand for the call to worship. Since that first Ruach moved over the water to it, passing over homes in Egypt, we are on a journey with God. From seeking liberation from Pharaoh's grip to wandering in the desert, we are on a journey with God. From balancing the tension between prophets, priests, and kings to writing songs of praise on a hillside, From visits by angels and the intense dreams of Mary and Joseph. We are on a journey God. From cradles to crosses. We are on a journey God. From doubt to professing. We are on a journey God. This day we re-enter the story of God with us. The journey of Advent is one of remembering that hope 
joy, peace, and love resides among us and within us always. Today, we light the candle hope. While we do so, we acknowledge and admit that what accomplishes hope is often fear. But let us remember that we are on a journey with God, or on a journey, and God is with us, and that the story we live and proclaim is one of hope. And so we pray that along this journey, we strive to move from a place of hope. opening hymn, Healer of Our Every Ill. Because it's a new hymn, uh, our choir is going to sing it through once. I'm going to invite y'all to, to sit down as I take a few moments to introduce our Advent visual pyramids. As I shared a bit earlier, each week we will have a different theme, and this theme will be displayed in our Advent pyramid board, and we get to engage with this visual pyramid together creating the liturgy that guides us on our journey of Advent. As you can see, this week's theme is hope and fear. Often fear permeates our lives. So much crazy is going on around us today. 
with conflicts and violence and crime. We fear perhaps for our children's future. We fear for our families. We fear for our financial future. We fear for our safety. And sometimes our fear paralyzes us from moving in any particular direction. Fear is normal, but to move from a place of fear is not usually helpful. And while there is so much fear, there is also much hope. Our story, our Christian story, is one of hope. That there is goodness and good people around us. And there are people and congregations witnessing to God's love in the world. So this morning, during our confession, I invite you to take a moment to consider what you have hope in and fear of. What do you have hope in and fear of? of. And in those next few moments, I'm going to invite you to come forward and Cheryl is going to help by dismissing each row so that we don't have a big rush for our board. And you actually get to engage with our visual pyramid. And I want you to take a marker and write somewhere around the word fear what you have fear in and around the word hope what you have hope in. And for those that are unable to come forward, Cheryl actually has stickers and you can write um, your fears and hopes on that sticker and she will place it on the board for you. So at this time, Cheryl, I'll invite you to dismiss these rows and then choir, I'll invite y'all to go down and do the same and participate with our visual pyramid. All are invited. Anywhere on the board, anywhere, <laughs> anywhere. Please join me in prayer. Oh God, we confess to you that there are times when we would rather stay asleep instead of awakening to live in your light of hope. We confess that we do not trust that your light is sufficient for us and hide in the shadows of greed and quarreling. Give us courage, O oh God, to trust in your ways, in your peace, and in your good. And in Christ's name we pray. Amen. The good news of Advent is that Christ's love and forgiveness of sin. So thanks be to Christ who sets us who sets us free to love and to serve. Rejoice, for in Christ we are forgiven.
may be seated. Our first scripture today comes from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many people shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and that we may walk in, or that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations, and he shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their, pl- shall, their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. The word of the Lord. reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24, verses 37 through 44. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and given in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field and one will be taken, and one will be left. And two women will be grinding meal together, and one will be taken, and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you must also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The word of our Lord. I don't know about you, but today, as the first day of Advent, this is not the text that I wanted to hear. We've just had Thanksgiving, and perhaps we've had the opportunity to hang out with family and friends, and it was great to see everyone and eat tons of food. And some of us are still enjoying our turkey comas. 
This is not the text that we wanted to hear. We're pulling out all of our Christmas decorations and making our Christmas travel plans and preparing for all the Christmas parties. This is not the text that we want to hear. We are preparing for all the good feels of Christmas, the hope and the joy and the peace and the love, and this is not the text that we want to hear. We want to hear some familiar stories. Stories of angels appearing to Mary and visits to Elizabeth and shepherds and stars. But the Gospel of Matthew shares with us a more eschatological start to Advent. A dark start that has us thinking about the end times and death and judgment and the final destiny of our soul and humankind. This text evokes images of a rapture, not snowmen and gingerbread lattes and warm, wonderful things of Christmas. What gives? Well, the truth is, the first Sunday of Advent and the first Sunday of a new lectionary year always starts with a bit of an ominous text. While Matthew's Gospel is severely more gray than Mark or Luke, the first Sunday of Advent is often a reminder that before Jesus arrives, we first have to wake up from our everyday slumber. We often think that Advent is all about getting ready for Christmas. But it's actually a season of anticipating the second coming of Christ. Of course, we forget this. With Christmas decorations appearing before Halloween ends and stories and stores pushing us to get our shopping done early, it is easy to forget the reason for the season. Even with our own 7th Street traditions and practices, such as our gorgeous Christmas tree and our Christmas party with Santa Claus coming, often points us to celebrating for Christmas, not recognizing and anticipating the return of Christ. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, I don't want to suggest that recognizing and preparing for Christmas is bad, because it's not. Because during Christmas, we most certainly celebrate the nativity and the birth of our Savior. But Matthew's Gospel reorients us, reminding us that there is much more to this season of Advent. Matthew's congregation is dealing with a lot. They were living in a time marked with idolatry and sin and injustice and exploitation and violence. 
They believed the realm of heaven was coming, an age characterized by forgiveness and mutual support and health and blessings and eternal life. And this age would be complete with the arrival of Jesus' return. But they had been waiting a long time. They were losing confidence in this coming realm. And while God was calling Matthew's community to follow the instruction and model of Jesus, they felt like their witness was fading. Matthew is encouraging them to press on. Matthew encourages the community to remain faithful and witness even in the midst of conflict until that second coming. To remain vigilant and ready to stay woke, as the young kids like to call it. We might find some areas that we can relate to in Matthew's community. It can most certainly feel like we are living in a time marked with idolatry and sin and injustice and exploitation and violence. We can feel pressed down by all that is happening in the world. The rate of addiction to alcohol and drugs and material possessions is rapidly growing. One in four people in our culture are taking prescription pain medicine. For millennials, depression has been on the rise for the last 13 years. And three out of five college-age students suffers from a diagnosable mental disorder. These same historical levels have actually also been found true in our elderly. A quick peruse of the news headlines reveals that nursing homes are illegally evicting elderly and disabled residents who can no longer pay. There was a massive chemical fire at a plant in Texas. And there was a stabbing attack on London Bridge. It all reminds me of this bumper sticker that I once saw. Where are we going and why am I in this handbasket? There is so much to fear with non-stop feeds of information from our phones and emails and social media, our fears are easy to manipulate. As humans, we are hardwired to respond to this fear. And in order to cope, to survive, to just make it through the day, we stop paying attention and turn inward. We do whatever we have to do in order to escape. We turn off the news and maybe we turn on HGTV. Or we go shopping, even though our credit card debt is the highest that it's ever been in U.S. history. 
We are indeed losing confidence in this coming realm, and we shake our heads and pray for Jesus to hurry up and come back so that we don't have to deal with it. Like Matthew's community, we are tired, and we need a break. We need a little self-care. And so we indulge ourselves in gingerbread and love while watching the Hallmark, Hallmark Channel's 101 Christmas movies. No doubt we need some space to catch our breath and rest. But how long is our rest? There's a story about a Canadian goose who is flying over Kansas. For whatever reason, it fell behind the flock, and as it was figuring out where to go, it spotted a flock of Toulouse geese by a pond near a farm. Now, Toulouse geese are not like Canadian geese. In fact, they are domesticated, and they can't even fly. Well, this Canadian goose ended up just staying the day with these other geese. And one day turned into a week, and then one week turned into a month, and then one month turned into an entire winter. And because the farmer would always take out a bu bucket of cracked corn to the pond and feed the geese every single day, he never had to worry about food either. Well, eventually, winter was over, and the wild Canadian geese were flying north again, and that Canadian goose who had spent the winter in Kansas looked up and saw his friends honking and was stirred with a strange thrill to join his comrades in flight. So he started running and running, and he started flapping his wings, but he could never get off the ground. He had become so soft and heavy from his complacency during the winter that he literally couldn't fly anymore. So he dropped back to the pond and said, Oh well, Life here is good enough. And even though he used to fly all over the country and see all sorts of sights with his fellow Canadian geese, over time he just became complacent. And every fall and every spring he ignored his fellow Canadian geese as they flew by. For he had traded an incredible life of, of adventure for eating cracked corn by an ugly pond. How long will our rest be? Maybe one Hallmark Christmas movie turns into ten, and ten turns into a hundred. We try to re-engage in the world and realize that nothing has changed. And while we are losing confidence in this coming realm, we are actually truly heartbroken about it. 
And once again, we are overwhelmed with concern and grief and fear because we don't even know what to do other than to detach and to numb. And we have numb ourselves toward war and gun violence and the political messiness in D.C. We have detached ourselves from broken relationships and mental illness and financial problems. The thing is, most of us are also in a privileged place that we get to detach because we aren't living in Texas or in London, because we aren't millennials struggling with depression, because we have enough money to pay for our housing, because we don't think it will ever happen to us. We have the privilege of not having to do anything about it, and our lives, for the most part, can just go on as planned. But Matthew reminds us, keep awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Disengagement, numbness, complacency is just fear packaged in different ways. Our escape is based in fear, fear of being overwhelmed, of being tired, of feeling heavy with the weight of the world, and of not knowing what to do. And we are so desperate to find hope and to feel hope that we are fine replacing our Savior with anything that will make us feel good. With Hallmark movies and chocolate cake, even if it's only temporary, even if it's fake messiahs and easy answers, even if it's cracked corn by an ugly pond, even when we mutter, oh well, life here is good enough. But Matthew reminds us, keep awake. For you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Keep awake because God's justice and hope is breaking through in our world. Advent invites us to pay attention to the metaphor of intrusion. These honestly scary images of the flood sweeping us away or being in the field and grinding meal and then suddenly being taken, they intrude our senses and help us wake up. Wake up from our complacency, wake up from our privilege, wake up from our numbness. Advent is an intrusion of ripping off the band-aid and opening up the floodgates to our feelings and feeling all the feels, including those which are scary or uncomfortable or vulnerable. And those feelings that move us to have to be honest with ourselves. Because if we are numb to our own life, then we are also numb to the community around us. 
And if we are disengaged from our one and only life, then we are also disengaged from the community around us. Advent is the choice to wake up and to help see and build a better world. One that we don't need to regularly escape from. It's thinking outside the box like St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Walnut Creek, California, who is using their church property to build affordable housing complexes. Or like Faith United Church of Christ in Texas, who is part of a micro-lending team who recently celebrated lending out over $100,000 in 75 different countries to help support small family businesses and agriculture and farming goals and green initiatives. The body of Christ just needs to do what it has always done. Be a witness to Jesus. Matthew's gospel reminds the community that to be ready means just living and witnessing as Jesus instructed. Advent is most certainly a season of anticipation, but it is also one of experience. Be ready. Wake up, or we will miss the inbreaking of God's future in our very present, here and now. Wake up. Wake up to imagination. Wake up to your baptism. Wake up and believe that the promises of Isaiah are true, that they will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks, and nation will not take a sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Wake up and see that hope is present. Amen. I invite us to join our voices in our hymn of commitment, Sing My Song, found on page 334. Maybe seated. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord of delight and surprises, you come to us each day with opportunity, love, support. You pour your blessings on us, reminding us of your compassionate presence with us. Help us to be people of loving service. Help us to see the ways in which you enter our lives and enable us to serve you by serving your people. 
as we have as we have come to you this day bringing our concerns for healing and hope remind us that you are with us all and that your healing mercies are given Give us the courage to be faithful stewards of your creation and bring us together with one another in celebration and service. Lift us up. Bring us forward. Give us hope. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Those who may not know, I grew up in a Christian church, Disciples of Christ, in Lynchburg. Our family was very active in many ways. I really enjoyed participating in the Cairo and CYF youth groups and camp in the summertime when I was growing up. Then I graduated to the CWF, or Disciples Women's Ministry. Uh, I started singing in church choirs when I was probably in kindergarten and have been singing in church choirs ever since. So it's been a long time. I moved to Richmond around 1971 and affiliated with 7th Street. The church has provided me with many ways to grow and I've tried to share the talents I have in various ways over the years. My dad sent, set a good example for me as far as giving to the church and other things. I remember him saying that before he started tithing, he had a hard time getting uh, everything paid, but after he started tithing, there seemed to be enough to go around for everything. Some of you may think you can't do that, but it won't hurt to try. It may, it may uh, pay off with blessings you are not expecting.
Dear God, in your faithfulness and generosity, you lavish us with so many blessings. Thank you. Help us to be generous with all your gifts. Bless these gifts so that they may be used for your good purpose in our community, in our nation, and throughout the world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. It was all about waking up and being ready. One of the ways that we can be ready is to just be aware in the present moment that we can see the hope and the joy right before us. As we gather at this table, we remember Jesus' words, his teachings, and his way, and commit ourselves again to be a part of it. Let us prepare our hearts for communion with our communion hymn found on page 408. this table we remember the story that on the night Jesus was betrayed he took bread and blessed it and broke it 
and gave it to his disciples and said, This bread is like my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup and poured it out and blessed it and said, The wine in this cup is like the blood in my veins poured out to give you new life. Do this in remembrance of me. Friends who may be here for the first time, this morning we participate in communion uh, by intinction, and you are invited to take a piece of bread and dip it into the cup and partake of both elements together. We also want you to know that no matter who you are or where you are from, you are welcome to this table. Let us pray. Remind you, I'm not Terry, I'm Steve, but since her voice is not here, I am. <laughs> Gracious Lord, hear our prayers. We come to this table this morning, Lord, filled with hope, as we wait for the coming of the infant Jesus. We know what his life will mean to us, but before his birth, I imagine there was fear, fear of the unknown, fear of expectations, and fear of exile for believing in a new king. As we begin our Advent journey, let our hopes and fears be heard and weighed by our Savior, and help us to seek his will for our lives, that fear will subside and hope will light our path. Bless us in our daily efforts to make this world a place for him to dwell among us. Open our hearts so that our actions show your true will for the world and what hope looks like. Let this bread accentuate our expectation of the greatest blessing we can receive, the Christ child. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we come to your table on this first Sunday of Advent, knowing that no one is a stranger here. Everyone belongs. We find our forgiveness here, and we, in turn, forgive. As we drink this cup, we remember that Jesus died for us, and has risen from the dead. May we be ready when he returns. Help us to walk in his light. In his holy name we pray. Amen.
Let us pray. God of love and mercy, thank you for your great gift of your child, Jesus Christ, who fills us with all that we need. We pray that during this season of Advent, we may share the good news of our Savior with others. We pray that the promise of, of his birth may be the promise that we live in and share at home, at work, and at school. May we be moved to compassion and action in his name. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Closing hymn, you may have noticed that we moved the passing of the peace to the end today. That was because of our confession. And so I'm going to give you all about 30 seconds before I ask Gerald uh, to break into a reprise of of Emmanuel, Emmanuel. Um, So may the peace of Christ be with you all. So, yeah. Peace. benediction go out to walk in the light of God sharing in the spirit of hope go out in joy and thanksgiving to live in Christ our Savior amen